I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello, pod people, and welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times. In this week's episode, we'll see how a Two Ronnies parody of a bread ad wiped the memories of 1,000 people, and then find out why Ken Barlow and Joanna Lumley's love child got a pudding bowl haircut and spent two days cycling up and down a hill in Dorset. We'll get into the murky world of political campaigning and expose the role played by Verrucas in shaping the course of the Brexit campaign. Selwyn Foggett gets a mention in this episode for those of a certain age in a certain TV region, and the 33rd greatest film of all time is completely ignored. Gather your disappointments around you and spend a little time with me, Steve Cook, and my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams, as we slog up the really steep hill of a Hovis ad that first aired in 1973 and then proceeded to weasel itself into the hearts of a nation. You're listening to the classic ads from Simpler Times podcast. It's as good for you today as it's always been the nose. It's a very Yorkshire way of, to, of warming up. Bastard. Bastard custard. Benedict Cumberbatch. All right, shall we start? Yep. Welcome back, Tones. Thanks, Steve. Hello. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the year is 1973. Oh. Very close to an even better, yeah, 1972. I love the way you act surprised when this is, you chose the ad and it's from 1973. Yeah, but I didn't know what year it was from. Okay. In 1973, Britain became part of the European Union. Mm. The Brentrants, <laughs> let me just copy right quickly. That was the Brentrants. You weren't even born in 1973. I was born in 1972. So none of this will mean anything to you. Dave, well, it, it kind of will, but I can, I was 73, I was 11. So some of it, I remember some of it, don't. David Bowie killed off Ziggy Stardust. Right. In 1973. And The Who released Quadrophenia. Oh, I remember that film. I wasn't allowed to watch that for a long time. Phil Daniels was in that, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, the ones on the scooters, they all go down to um, Brighton, isn't Brighton. it? Brighton. Mm. Big fight. I saw that, yeah. I think Phil Daniels basically plays himself. Yeah. In the same way that he played himself in the Blur song, didn't he? Part Life. Yeah. Uh, Pink Floyd released Dark Side of the Moon, and Lou Reed got bitten by a fan at a gig. Wow. 
different times, isn't it? You get mm. close enough to your hero to bite him. Why would you want to do that? Don't know. Mind you, they probably heard him sing. Maybe, maybe he was beat before he started recording. Is that what it sounds like? Right up until then, he was having a perfect day. <laughs> I'm going home now after that. I think I peaked. Let's <laughs> go. Um, the most important thing is that Slade, <laughs> did you like that? Slade released Merry Christmas, everyone. Which was recorded in a stairwell. It sounds like you know when the man goes Merry Christmas, or he shouts something. To, Merry Christmas, he shouts something, and yeah, some of it was recorded in the stairwell of the studio. I hate that song. Boy, you're from Birmingham. Merry Christmas, we will keep it tight. On TV, we had the launch of some classic sitcoms: Last of the Summer Wine. Oh, our Nora, Nora Batty and her stockings. Some mothers do have them. Oh, Betty, Betty, you done whoopsie the carpet. The cats, the cats done whoopsie in my beret. And are you being served? I'm free. Mr. Peacock. Mrs. Slocum. Mrs. Slocum. John Inman. At the movies, we had The Day of the Jackal. Oh. Serpico. Oh, what's that? Al Pacino. The Wicker Man. Oh, Michael Caine on the island in Scotland. Was it Michael Caine? I'm sure he was in it. uh, Was he the baddie? I don't know. I think so. I'm sure he was in it. That was the, yeah. Christopher Christopher Plummer was the baddie, wasn't he? He was the leader of the cult. Oh, why do I think Michael Caine was in it? I don't know. I think. Yeah, it was on some remote island in Scotland, wasn't it? We're off to a flying start in the incompetence department here, since neither Michael Caine or Christopher Plummer made any kind of appearance in The Wicker Man. In fact, Edward Woodward, Christopher Lee and Britt Eklund were the stars of the movie, which was subsequently described by Film Magazine as the Citizen Kane of horror stories. Neither Kane, Plummer, Woodward, Lee or Eklund made any kind of appearance in the 2006 remake, which starred and was produced by Nicolas Cage, who is, of course, his very own horror story. And, and the other one is a movie called Soylent Green. That's what my nappers were like in that year, I think. Well, it's like some kind of dystopian future where everybody ate food made from dead human beings. Oh. And it was called Soylent Green. Oh. Yeah, when I saw that movie, it kind of just kind of reminded me of my mum's cooking. I was going to say, you've been around the house for dinner then, have you? Yeah. <laughs> Down a well-known street... Oh, God. In Lancashire, a bloke called Len Fairclough opened a newsagent and cafe and called it The Cabin. There, in the name of, I've written, this, I've written this down. This is a script. There, in the name of the great god of exposition, Len employed two women, Rita and Mavis. Do you Mavis impression? Well, I don't really know. Uh, Rita and Mavis got to exposition with each other to their heart's content. Brilliant. Meanwhile, wishy-washy Coronation Street intellectual. <laughs> oh no, you hate him, don't you? Ken Barlow <laughs> briefly had a girlfriend called Elaine Perkins, mm-hmm. who was played by. Joanna Lumley. Oh, was she? I like Joanna Lumley. I stayed in Joanna Lumley's room in at South Africa. There's a picture of her on the internet. She looks great. She looks good now, but she looked great in 1973. She was shagging Ken Barlow. Oh, that's why you don't like him. Okay, 1973. Britain is an absolute mess. Strikes and unemployment are rampant. Bread sales had declined from 1950 onwards, and famous bread maker Hovis was losing market share to white bread sold in supermarkets. Mm-hmm. So they decided to brief their new ad agency, Colette Dickinson Pierce, to attempt to reverse this trend. And this is what they came up with. They came up with a, well, tell you what, you chose the ad, you tell us what they came up with. They came up with an ad which is full of sentimentality, warm and, and cosy 
nice feelings. Beautiful piece of classical music with a boy pushing a bike up a hill, which you watch, which seems to go on for hours. So he gets to the top and he disappears into this dark den with this awful voiceover. And he puts his, his bread on the counter and then it cuts the pack shot. And then after this, this regional accent, let's say, talking us through it about his memories, um, cuts this typical suave, sophisticated, to silky smooth English voiceover at the end. Sorry, was that too critical of it in my review? And now, ladies and gentlemen, be prepared to have your emotions manipulated and your IQ reduced as we present for your listening pleasure Britain's favourite TV commercial. Hovis or the Brexit Party, only you can decide. The people who voted it the most heartwarming TV ad ever are all now sat by the sunny window, looking forward to telling Johnny Foreigner to fuck off back where he came from, then wondering why there's nobody around to clean the window after they just licked it. There's a YouTube link in the pod notes if you must watch it. Links also to a short documentary by the British Film Institute detailing how they restored the original film, digitised it to 4K, then gave it back to Hovis so they could recycle the original saccharine, sentimental, post-war nostalgia fest and claim it was a marketing gift to the nation. They could actually have achieved the same result with a lot less nausea by simply posting a box full of white dog shit to everyone in Britain over the age of 55. take the same route with this because I can't right. stand it. It, I, it gives me the I absolute raging, stand it. raging shits. Don't even get me started on the hygiene, okay. but it's just, <laughs> uh, where is the accent from? Okay, so this is the whole thing. Because this is another Mandana effect, right? So I remember it being much more, when I was a lot, like, but it's not. But now it's this, it's this bizarre. Do you know why you remember it being when I were allowed out pit? Mm-hmm. It's because uh, the two Ronnies did a parody of it and it had a Northern voiceover. used to say it was a bloody long way to go for the Even if you talk to people about the ad now, I think when they recall it, they'd have a northern accent. But it's this horrible, there's this phrase, come in here, my boy! And it's like, I don't know where it's from. Where is it from, that accent? It's a southwest accent. It's a, like a Bristol. Like Brist- Bristol, Somerset. Let me give you the history of the ad. So the ad was done by Colette Dickinson Pierce. Creative director was a bloke called John Salmon. The copywriter was David Brown and the art director was Ronnie Turner. In 25 years or so, we might have a woman appearing on one of the credits for the ads that we review. We'll get onto the director and the music and all that stuff a little bit later on. The client approved the ad and the ad director and the copywriter had a very clear picture of what they wanted, a very clear image of what they wanted in their own mind in terms of the location. So Hill, Cold Street, and the brand is from Macclesfield. Mm. So Hovis is from where is Macclesfield? It's like kind of north it's of North, North, isn't it? Yeah, north of Nottingham, but south of Leeds. So it's kind. Of, it's not. I thought it was around. Yeah, not quite Midlands, not quite North, it's but just it's south def- of Newcastle. It's so, definitely isn't it? not a southern 
No, not a Southern Brown. The creative team spent three weeks on a recce. Of course they did. Drinking Tetley's Bitter and eating fish and chips and couldn't find a location. Mm. And then one of them consulted a book of photographs and saw a picture of this place, Gold Hill in Dorset. Found it, recce it, and then ended up recording the voiceover in a West Country accent. Yeah. And everybody's recollection of it is that it has a Northern accent. Yeah. This is partly coloured by the fact that there were two other ads in the series. Can you remember the two other ads? Uh, is it one where he goes back down the hill? No, there is. There's one where he goes down the hill. Was that in the same ad? Same ad. Oh, I didn't remember. Okay. Because <laughs> I know all I remember is him going in, there's the, the baker or whatever in there, and he sits down and then it cuts to a pat shot. And I saw another one where he's going back down the hill. I don't remember it being in the, in the first one. Okay. Yeah, he goes back down the hill. No, I don't remember the other two. One was set in the Yorkshire Dales and featured a little boy running away from home. And in his little bag, he's got a hover sandwich. Yeah. The postman finds him and returns him home. I've, I've seen it. I remember it now you mention it. Yeah. Couldn't run that ad today. I were no more than knee I to a grasshopper when I ran off from home. I packed up my marbles, my catapults and my Orvis sandwiches and off I went. I just stopped for a bite to eat when up comes postman. Am I in London yet? I asked him. <laughs> yeah, laddie says. So that ad featuring the postman had a very broad Yorkshire accent voiceover. Did it? And then there was another version which featured a hill with cobbles mm. and a mum and a child walking up the hill. And that had a broad northeast accent. Was it a northeast accent? We walked down to the shops, my mum and me, just after the war. And it was real butter for tea. I got some licorice, the first I ever had. And Mum bought some kippers to take home for Dad. It tasted so good, that tea after the war. Did it have subtitles for the Midlands? <laughs> we had real butter and me dad had... Did you want to roll a coaster? <laughs> and me dad had kippers. <laughs> Literally... And this is part of the reason that the whole thing gives me the shit. So the second dad mentions the war twice, rationing. It's like there, there is one which is um, a more modern ad, which is uh, celebrating the 122 years or something, where a little boy goes through everything. He runs through the, again. There's a big war, which is a much better reference. Ad. If you look at it, it's um, it's um, it's called "Go On Lad." Yeah. So it is a bit of a mix-up. You've got a, a brand which is essentially a northern a northern English brand, we think. and they, for production reasons, they shoot it down in Dorset and stick a the voiceover. Basically, should be would be better for a cider commercial. Mm. We used to take the girls out yeah. and get some cider insider. Come here, George. I showed them my ferret. Why have we chosen this ad? We both hate it. No, why, are we, why are we reviewing an well, ad that because, we both hate? Like I said to you, it's the it's the, the biggie, the elephant in the room. It's Britain's favourite ad, apparently. Mm-hmm. And I deduce the reason it is Britain's favourite ad because they ask people of a certain age, what's your favourite ad? And, of course, the most standout ad... Because whenever an ad gets parodied, it's, it's a born classic. Um, people remember it and think all these sweet, warm feelings. But when you actually watch it again, it's shite. It is shit. However, a 2018 Marketing Week survey puts recall of that ad amongst everybody at 78%. Yeah, but recalling it as it was. Randomly, Hovis remade that ad 
uh, about two years ago, and the British Film Institute Re- um, did a redux. Yeah, did did a uh, a complete renovation yeah. on the film version. Yeah, digitized it, put it into four K, recolored yeah. it. It's amazing, and a new voiceover. I think they had to do a new voiceover because. There's two schools of thought. One is that the audio was too degraded mm. to use, but the other school of thought is that it was actually making some claims that wouldn't hold up for the advertising standards. I didn't realise changed the script. What changed in the words? Don't know. Oh. I, I've kind of deliberately steered clear of the new version because... It's just as shite as the old one, to be honest. It's just Except a sh- it's anything just that a doesn't shit. move is um, just a little bit crisper, like the clarity's turned up on the buildings. Yeah. But that's still... That's a sort of shot where it shows kind of the cobbles. The cobbles are still blown out. They're still as, as burnt out as fuck on, on the film. And you can see the kid's face more clearly, I think, in like two or three of the cuts. But the recent version to me just seems to be really, really lazy marketing. As the client, you can see why they did it. 2018 Marketing Week survey puts recall of the ad at 78% for everybody. Mm. That's after the new one ran. But that figure, the recall figure, rises to 95% for people over the age of 55. Well, there you go. The research firm Kantar surveyed consumers, British consumers. A thousand. A thousand of them, and they did two categories. One was the most iconic ad, and the other was the most heartwarming ad of the last 60 years. The Hobus ad topped both categories. Mm. You can see why it's heartwarming, just purely from the music and the and the warm and fuzzy visuals. It's fucking heartwarming if you're over, but, you know, if you're over 80 yeah. and you got bombed in the war. Yeah. And again, I, I hate all these PNC stupid rules about you know, modern advertising most of the time, but there's still something that just doesn't gel right with it being a food product or some lad carrying it under his arm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, it's just... Is that your biggest issue? With no, the it's not the biggest issue, but it's just something that's, you know, because they're selling a product. I don't know, maybe it's a ridiculous sort of, maybe I've, I've crossed over too far, but it's like, it, it puts me off. It's worth mentioning that the rest of the top five iconic ads were the Cadbury's Gorilla ad. Oh, yeah. Followed by the Coke ad, I'd like to teach the yeah. world to sing. Nick Cayman's laundrette ad for yeah. Levi's. And the forward smash, smash get smashed. Smash. This ad was repeated on British TV for a 10-day run in March 2006 to celebrate Hovis's 120th anniversary. Yeah. I just don't get it. But then that's advertising in many ways, isn't it? That's the industry, that's the business. Sometimes we make stuff for one reason and the public grabs onto it for a different reason, yeah, and it, I mean, it becomes it, beloved. I mean, standing out, it would stand out between commercials for washing powder and, and what have you. But, yeah, as you're right, for the audience, it was warm and fuzzy. And, uh, yeah, I just, I think they sold a sold a dream, right, which which you found amazingly hard to believe the other, <laughs> other week, that really, they sold, they sold a dream which didn't exist, and it's true. For, if someone had asked me where Hovis is made, I would say, oh, definitely up north somewhere by, by a little old bakery, not an industrial area in Macclesfield. The thing that strikes me is last week I asked you that question about the Fiat Strada ad where you mm. had a really good ad for a shit product mm. and we kind of decided that it wasn't fraudulent. The people making that ad, the hand-built by robots ad, were doing the best with the brief that they were given. Yeah, and there was a lot of insinuation. This ad feels like a complete fraud to it me. It does, yeah. Even the original Hovis was made in a factory. Mm. It was invented yeah. by a bloke. It's a really nice story. He started off by ripping off his advertising agency this is in 1886. Oh, yeah. Instead of going to his agency and having a brand session to come up with the name, you know where everybody gets in a room and mm. there are no stupid answers. Mm. He had a competition, ran a competition in the newspapers for hunters to name his bread what he had invented. Yeah. And Herbert Grime oh, God. won the competition. This is great. With the contraction of the Latin hominis vis, which means strength of men. Oh. So... 
the hominis and the vis come together, hovis. And very much the reason this country here, Australia, was established for all the hovis, nicked hovis loaves, right? (laughs) You got sent to Australia for nicking a loaf of bread. Thanks, hovis. So, yeah, so all in all, the world's best out of the world. I want the names and addresses of all those thousand people that said it was the best, and I want to write to them personally and tell them they're wrong. But, yeah, so that's an easy one. So the world's favourite, or Britain's favourite ad. Can go get fucked. Actually isn't, yeah. Use your loaf. The marketing manager says that he gave CDP a brief to create an ad that would tug at the nation's heartstrings. Bollocks. Um, and that the brief was more about getting consumers to love Hovis than it was about selling bread. The creative director's recollection of the brief is that they wanted an ad that focused on the bread's ingredients. So essentially, the client's saying, we want a lovely brand ad. We want to associate our brand with nostalgia, better times, simpler times, um, healthy eating. And in actual fact, the agency brief was sell some fucking bread. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I know I believe. And then there's another couple of things. So the music is, it's a beautiful piece of music. He consults his notes. It was symphony. Absolutely correct. And I knew that without looking it up, by the way, just in case you're wondering. The client, Byrne, says that himself and his wife chose that music one rainy Sunday afternoon Mm. whilst they were sat in their conservatory. Eating Hovis. Having a glass of... um, Chardonnay. Now, not in 1973. What were you drinking in 1973? Blue Nun. Blue Nun. Well, I wasn't personally. I don't have a mum. was it? It was Blue Nun, wasn't it? Yeah, Big Blue Nun. Or Lieberfraumilch. Or Cinzano the Bianco. Oh, yeah. Or he, I'll have a baby sham. Yeah, so he's taking all the credit. He's saying, I gave him an open brief to Mm. create a lovely brand ad. And by the way, I said, what about if we use this music? So the truth was, it's the agency probably sent over a list of tracks to choose from, which he happened to always, obviously always the client's wife yeah. chooses. And so, yes, I chose that one. Probably, yeah, I mm. chose that one. So John Salmon, who's the agency CD at CDP mm. at the time, says that in actual fact, they already had that music teed up yeah. for a bird's eye ad for a new pie that bird's eye were launching. Oh, really? They put it, Bird's Eye put it into research, the pie, and people kept spitting it out because it was so horrible. Oh, really? So, um, Is that what it was? <laughs> so, so the Bird's Eye fucked the pie off, and John Salmon put the music into his back pocket, and then the brief for this ad came up, and so they presented this. it to the client, and the client chose it. I love this. This is like, yeah, this is getting to the facts of the art story. Yeah. The yeah. yeah, well, this, this that probably story just changed the names, and it's any client, any agency, yeah. any creative. I mean, if you look at the ad, the only bit that has any kind of resonance for me is the strap line where it's and the strap line is it's as good for you today as it's always been mm. difficult to disagree with that mm. for the new ad this is how cynical they are they changed the strap line on the new version to as good today as it's always been right so the original one was a benefit statement mm. saying it's as good for you as it's always been yeah. so bread is good for you yeah I, you know not many people are going to disagree unless yeah. Unless you want to get into the whole keto carb yeah. versus carbs diet. Yeah. It's like saying potatoes, they're as good for you today yeah. as they've always been. Yeah. So it's now a brand statement that can't be substantiated. Mm. Really fucking annoying. But those those two bits of information, you know, about the about the music, about the client saying that they chose the music and and you know, John Salmon, God bless his little cotton socks, he's very upfront about it. He said, mm. We were going to use that bit of music for mm. a bird's eye ad, and then the product was shit and bird's eye didn't launch it. Yeah. So we gave it for another one. That's yeah. that, and that's how the that's how it works sometimes, isn't well, it? Yeah, it's a perfect to... piece of music for that ad. Yeah. Well, yeah, never never piss off a creative director because the truth always comes out. Mm. Mm. Good but on that, it. But there's that one. John Salmon re- redeemed um everybody, or it certainly redeemed himself and the agency in that one. 
And then the other bloke, I guess, that comes out of it historically well is the director of the ad, who was Ridley Scott. Oh, was it really? Ridley comes out of it well because of what has happened since. Mm. Do you want to talk about what that ad looks like? Well, it's a warm and fuzzy. There's a hill. We're on the top of a cobblestone um, street, and it lo- does look, for all intents and purposes, up north, whether you know, you've been there or not, you sort of place it there straight away. Is it early morning? Is it late night? I don't know. I think the cobbles have been wet down to give it that, that look. But the original, obviously, now, when you look at it, is, is very soft and dirty, and you know whether that was just you know because we compare it to to these days and, and what the technology we have these days. But yeah, there's a there's the boy pushing his um, bike up the hill with bread in the um, in the front basket, but the the street's all blown out. You know the floor is completely blown out, so which which you'd never accept or never do these days. But I don't think it adds anything to the film. Then he goes into a very dark room, which is obviously the bakery, where from my recollection there's a window which is putting some you know natural light through, which makes everything warm and, and fuzzy again. And you see the baker in his in his cliche baker's hat um, and bread everywhere. But that's about it, really. I mean, that's that's visually how it's done. The and the Redux version of the cleanup, where they took all the different original um, films and they, they clean them up. You watch it, and it looks like it's had the clarity turned up. If you were doing a digital, you know, post production on it, where everything that doesn't move, i.e., the buildings, they are nice and sharp, but. You can't replace information where there's no information. So you still got this big burnt out white spot. Yeah. The problem is, is when we try and look at these things, we don't look at them as consumers anymore. All I see is production, production, production yep. constantly. And that's never going to change, unfortunately, because we've spent the majority of our lives, you know, looking at those things. As a director, it, there was fuck all to direct in a sense. It's a cinematographer's job to make it look like it did. The director, if he had any involvement in the completion of the film, some do, some don't, you know, some leave it at grading stage, some stay on, but, you know, it's a complete piece of film, the voiceover, which doesn't work. The, yeah, there's no acting required from the boy or, the, or even the baker. It's just all, it's all cinematography and, and the DOP should have been the one either credited or discredited for, for the result. I wouldn't want to put my name to it. So they shot that ad over two days. They spent an entire day doing the uphill bit. Yeah. And then an entire day doing the downhill bit. On day two, they'd wrapped by four o'clock. And the whole thing was super dreary mm. because the weather had been so shit. Right. And then apparently they'd wrapped, they'd, all the stuff was back in the vans and the sun came out. Mm. And Ridley Scott had them set up the whole thing again and then show it all again. As you said, every cliche in the book is in there. So mm. the, when they're in the bakery, there's the shaft of light coming through the window. Visually, he tells a very interesting shorthand story, doesn't he? Which is what movie makers have to do. In terms of advertising after that, he went on to create ads for Chanel, Pepsi, Nissan, VW, Toyota, Citroen, Beds and Hedges. I saw that ad. It's a great ad. It features Terry Thomas. Is that Splash? And Eric, Eric, yes, and Eric Sykes. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. what happens there? Is that Splash, um, you say? No, it's the, they're underground. Yeah. They're tunneling through a wall, and Eric Sykes is kind of, uh, T- Terry Thomas is wearing a full suit and bowler hat, and yeah. Eric Sykes is dressed up as his chauffeur, yeah. and they're going through a wall to try and get to the gold. Remember Benton Hedges? Yeah, yeah, go on. And they break through, and Eric Sykes puts his hand through and obviously you're expecting a gold bar or something, and he brings out a packet of facts. Right. <laughs> what did Terry Thomas say? Terry Thomas is annoyed. He goes back to consult the plans that they've been looking at whilst they try and um, break into the bank, and he discreetly turns the plans the other way around. Uh, so they've made a mistake. Uh, the end shot is great. It's really nice. The end shot is of a cigarette vending machine on a tube station platform mm. and you just see this hand ah, come through oh, and really? pick out a packet of bags. <laughs> it's, good. it's really good. Yeah, so he did uh, He did that and he did 
a Barclays ad, which I couldn't find. He did a, another ad for Croft Original, your favourite brand, Croft, Croft Original. Original. This And apparently it was Jeeves and Wooster. Jeeves and Wooster, yeah, it's not my favourite brand. That was um, Coburn's. Anyway, Jeremy Irons played Bertie Wooster. Brilliant. And then Ridley went on to do his most famous ad, one of the most famous ads ever. 1984? 1984 for Apple. Can you name any of his movies? Blade Runner? Correct, for one point. He did Gladiator. Oh, another famous one, Black Hawk Down. I think the most recent one was The Martian. <laughs> Apparently, Ridley Scott also directed a little-known art house movie called Alien. At the time of its release, a review by Time Out magazine said the film was an empty bag of tricks whose production values and expensive trickery cannot disguise imaginative poverty. The bloke that wrote that still probably thinks that this internet thing is never going to catch on. Besides winning an Oscar for Best Special Effects, the movie cost just $14 million to make and grossed over $200 million at the box office. It was subsequently designated as culturally, historically and aesthetically significant by the US Library of Congress and was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. Ridley Scott is from South Shields. He supports Hartlepool United Football Club, but knows that them fucking monkey hangers are canny shite like... Do you want to guess who the baker was? Oh, just God. out of I, just because you can. I, oh, I, I wouldn't even have a clue. The, the Ronnie Barker. I don't um, know. It was Bill Maynard. His most famous character, not famous, but you know, he's most kind of well known for playing Greengrass in Heartbeat. The the boy on the bike was a bloke called Carl Barlow. No, he's not Ken's, is he? <laughs> don't joke, he's Ken's. He's. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> he's he's the illegitimate love child of Ken Barlow. And Joanna Lumley. <laughs> Carl Barlow got the job because the producer narrowed it down to three children and then they found out that one of them couldn't ride a bike. Right. So cross him off the list. And the other one had a tantrum and refused to have his hair cut in a pudding bowl cup. Mm-hmm. So Carl got the job, then went on to give up acting and become a fireman. Wow. And then reprised his role. Do you say reprised or reprised? Well, I did. Reprised. But yeah. Reprised or reprised his role uh, in 2019 mm. in an ad for Evans Bicycles. Mm. Thank Evans. Carl is now, you know, retired. Tell me that's a tagline. So they kit him out in a flat cap and a pair of brogues and then he cycles up the same hill and at the top of the hill it is revealed that Carl is riding an electric bicycle. Oh, what sort of people are trying to get up the hill? Oh, there's young people. There's all, you know, but where, this, is, you know, this is 2019. There's young people, there's old people, there's black people, mm. there's white people, there's Chinese people. But there's it's the white fucking, man who gets to the top, of course. Kids. <laughs> it's the white, it's, yeah. the, it's the gammon that gets to the yeah, top. you got it. Yes. Scores on the doors. It's, oh, I just want to have one more round about why the nostalgia really oh, okay. me. Just one more go round at it. Well, what does it mean to you? I, I hate the lack of authenticity, so it's supposed to be the North. It's not the North. It wasn't shot in the North. The voiceover is not from the North. But everybody looks at it and goes, oh, it's fucking grim up North. Mm, mm. So I hate that. It feels very, very British. Mm. This whole post-war, it was, everything was better. Mm. Everything was better when we were being bombed. Mm. Everything was better when, uh, you know, you could beat children. Everything. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, it's that. It what? is that. It's like, you can't anymore. Everything was better when uh, homosexuality was illegal. Mm. Everything was better when you used to send your kids down to the shop to get your facts. Mm. Everything was better when men were men and women were glad of it. I fucking hate it. It's mm. just really annoying. Mm. 
rant, rant over. <laughs> wow. Okay, and, and the reason you do like it? I don't like it. Okay. I yeah. don't, I don't well, like, you surprised me. I don't like any of it. You surprised me. But yeah, I don't either. And I'd like to, you know, if we had time, I'd examine my own... Um, Chances. My, my own motivations for it, whether or not I, I want to be counterfactual and say to all those people who believe it's the, you know, it's the best British show of all time. Mm. You're stupid. You're being manipulated. This is nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia. And then realise we're talking about advertising and, uh, and then, you worked in it for yeah, years. Yeah. So uh, I just have a gut reaction to it on well, a personal I'm really level. Surprised really, me. really dislike it. I, okay. don't, I don't like it. So next time we should really pick an ad which one of us does like, otherwise it's going to be over in a few minutes. Do you like it? No. Do you like it? No. Oh, good. Next week. There's no way of remaking it in an acceptable fashion. It's a, it's a nostalgia oh, sure piece. It's is. a nostalgia piece. If, you'd want, if you had to remake it and show that it's good old brown bread... You'd have to show good old things as opposed to one kid walking, you know, he'd be waving to his neighbours, which we don't do anymore. You know, he'd be being nice to the old person, which we don't do anymore. He'd be going to a local shop, which isn't a, a mass brand supermarket, which there isn't anymore. That sort of thing, you know, but make it believable. But as you just said, all those things that happened in the bad old days, which were supposed to be so much better, there are some good things to take out of that, which I've got a list like at what, the moment. Like, like, but that's like, things like, I just said. Well, like asbestos and yeah, lead poisoning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woodbines, all that sort of stuff. Um... <laughs> Polio, anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, measles. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Verrucas are another one. I was terrified of verrucas. I don't know about you. And the swim pools. So what you had to do was step in that little lukewarm bath oh. that everybody used to step Which in. Which was basically verruca soup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It tasted like a verruca soup. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I can't help but look for the parallels. In the, uh, yeah. in the year that this ad was made, 1973, Britain joined the European Union, and in, the, and in the year that they remade the ad, Britain had voted to exit the European Union, and that ad is almost—it could be a Brexit ad. Yeah, it could. It's like things were better before. We uh, no, all this it's, a Brexit. it's a Brexit. It's a Brexit. It's a Brexit. Things were better before we had you know croissants and yeah, random French people on the buses. Go on then. Um, you chose this ad. Give me your score for branding. Oh, well, again, it's one of those ones that you can't get caught in the in the mass of memories, you know, that carries on. Branding, you know, you're not going to play that ad and ever go, I don't know what that's for. So branding, reluctantly, I've got to give it a 4.1, even though I just said nobody would know, nobody would think it's for another brand. It's just, it could have been for another brand. There's nothing unique about it. What other brands could it have been for? Oh, any other bread brand at the time. For flour, it could have been for home pride. It could have been for soup. Yeah. You know, it could have been a nice Campbell soup ad for all about yeah. it. You know, he goes up that hill, it's a shitty day. He takes the bread out and he dips it in his in his soup. The bit that, the, the takeaway that I'll always have is the Ronnie Barker yeah. parody. Yeah. It, that's a fucking long way to go to get a loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, 4.1, okay, craft. What are you going to give uh, Ridley Scott for 2. that 4, Sorry, readers. 2.4. He's Scott 4.2. He's not getting away with that Scott. No, Scott sorry, free, it is he? It wasn't really. <laughs> Two, sure it wasn't Scott free. 2.4. Because it's, well... Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, it's just... <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's all I can say. You know, sometimes... As what's he saying said? Yeah, sometimes you say, but sometimes it's best when you say nothing at all. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. <laughs> you say it best when you say nothing at all. It's like a Christopher Walken review. Mm, that. Uh, oh. mm, pineapple. Mm. Um, okay, 2.4. Casting. I don't, now I've heard the story about one had a, an epi that he wouldn't get his hair cut. One couldn't ride a bike. 2.5. It's an average. There's nothing, you know, I couldn't recall. 
any of the faces. I remember the um, the baker's hat, and I remember the kid's flat cap, and nothing more. Sorry. Creativity. Oh, 1.8. The problem with ads from 1973 is it's very difficult to rustle about any information about what the strategy might have been. Well, got a bit and well, I mean, we've got a kind of two conflicting takes on what the brief was. One was create a brand. It's amazing. Sort yourself out, son. Yeah, I'd and go the with the agency, is, though. He wants to talk about wheat germ. If an award-winning ad is a, is a, a classic novel in a nice book cover in a, in a local seaside shop, then this is one of those postcards on the little thing outside that spins around and says having a good time. You know what I mean? It, the only thing I would say in its defence, I think, creatively, is that in 1973, I don't think we had been assaulted by by the barrage of nostalgia that kind of took over mm. certain aspects of the it was all very, uh, yeah, British it was, advertising yeah. industry. Um, yeah. It might have been the first of its kind, mm. possibly. Yeah, true. But that's but, about all you could say for it. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of things at first. You know, it doesn't mean it was the best, does it? Sinclair C5? Controversially, then, we've got 10.8 points for Britain's favourite ad. Mm. There you go. Just not mine. Not yours. Did you choose that ad because you you were gonna you thought I was gonna say No, no, oh, I chose it amazing. because we keep looking through these things and, and articles and it was number one favourite ad and thought why wouldn't we look at it mm. and discuss why it was Britain's favourite ad? And I think it's because they've been mistaken. Do you think we've been universally down on it? I mean I, I as I said, I've been quite clear on this. I fucking hate it. Um I'm and I'm struggling to find anything positive about it. But but that's you know, 1,000 Brits can't be wrong. Mm. Well, they can. Well, they Brexit. can. They can. But... Margaret Thatcher. Asbestos. Lead, yeah, asbestos. Lead poisoning. Yeah. Polio. EastEnders. Oh, blimey, Gav. <laughs> Ken Barlow. So, yeah, that's what I reckon. Although, there is, can I tell you about a new ad I heard about in Britain? You'll love this. This will be a future classic for washing powder, for bold. Now, what word rhymes with bold? Give me a quick word. Old. Or... Sold. Not silver. Gold. Okay. You've got a business interview. Bold. Bold. They're using that. Spandau track. And it's what? bold. Bold. Always <laughs> believe that it's all. Yeah. So okay. anyway, future classic. So there you go. Hovis. Best things in not sliced, not sliced bread. No. There's a whole um, documentary about the BFI restoration. Yeah, no, I saw it. Did you mm. look at it? Yeah. It's annoying as well. Yeah. But you know what I did? They're the only people in the world now who are still wearing white lab coats. I looked at it and just went blah, 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 to the last 30 seconds yeah. where I knew they were going to show the actual ad. Otherwise, it's just talking about how hard the mission was. It's just I remember them saying they've got millions of, of cans of film, 100,000 for advertising, and we couldn't find this one. Eventually, we just discovered it. Oh, yeah. well done. Yeah. Some archive you've got. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's all from us this week on Classic Ads from Simpler Times. How fucking good am I? I remember to press the record button and everything this week. I'm resting on my laurels now before anything else can go tits up. Hit the subscribe button. Have a look at the YouTube channel. Laugh as two middle-aged blokes review an ad and giggle hysterically at their own jokes. Cry as two middle-aged blokes review an ad and giggle hysterically at their own jokes. More importantly, be safe. Spread a bit of kindness and don't eat any yellow snow. Toodle pip. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.